morning and welcome on this beautiful day. I just have a couple of announcements to make. Um, as you know, our uh, Doug Ford made some announcements on Friday and we received some guidance from our synod in regard to church worship. We can sing with masks on. Yay, Lily <laughs> She's been applauding ever since she got here. But, so we can sing with masks on. They still don't want physical contact, like sharing the peace and that kind of thing. The other thing, um, there will be a council meeting Monday morning at 10, and we need to make a decision. I think everybody here is fully vaccinated. Yes, I think. Yes. Okay, so that makes it, makes it, a, little, um, makes it a little easier. If we... If St. Matthew's has a mandate that everybody has to be fully vaccinated before entering, we can get rid of the ropes. We can, we don't have to social distance, but still be careful, and we do still need to wear our masks. So council will be making that decision on uh, Monday, and I'm kind of supportive for it because I hate seeing pews roped off. I just don't like it. Um, so I, I think that's all I have to announce, other than uh, either the first or second Sunday in November, there will be an installation service. On the Sunday that we have the installation service, we will probably only have one service, and it'll be at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The morning service will be canceled, and we will do one joyous service in the afternoon, presided by Pastor Julio. Did you have anything you wanted to add to that? No. We will keep you updated as soon as we can with emails and everything else. Thank you. Thank you, Seneca. I had to laugh. She asked if I had anything to add, and I went like this, and then I thought, oh, I do have something. And that is that there will be a service of installation here as well as First Lutheran and Park Colburn. And the reason for that is twofold. Um, the first reason is we can be a little less mindful of crowd capacity limits if we have two services. Uh, the other is that then each congregation gets to, in their own way, uh, do the rite of installation. And some of you um, are familiar with this, where there are charges or words spoken from the baptismal font, from the pulpit, and from the altar. So uh, I think maybe that would have special significance for each congregation to have that uh, in turn. A bit about today. You're going to wonder if you should install me after I pitch the following, but we'll see what happens. In preparing for Mark's gospel reading today, which is very much in the goal of following Jesus, and what does that mean? I found that even Mark the Minimalist has an amazing amount of detail in today's gospel reading. And as I was preparing this week, two sermons actually came of it. And so I'm going to ask you, as the congregation, to decide which approach we're going to take this morning. Uh, one of them is an overview approach where we would look verse by verse at details that connect to all that surrounds today's reading. 
I think that's a worthy venture to take. But there is another, and that is to zoom in tightly on the interaction between Jesus and Bartimaeus, and then to reflect a bit on what it means for us as uh, Jesus' followers to have Bartimaeus as part of our story. So I'm going to ask you to be thinking about that during the worship service, maybe glance at the gospel a bit and uh, get acquainted with that, and then when the sermon begins, we're going to take a little vote and ask where you think the sermon should go. Maybe this is a helpful analogy for those of you who use the nice little lady in the phone to go places, you know, the GPS thing, where she gives you the option of routes, and then you pick one, and then you get there. Uh, that's kind of what we're doing this morning in the sermon. Uh, I suspect that each one will take about the same amount of time with minimal road construction along the way, and I hope will lead us to the same conclusion. So we're going to ask you to, to help us with that this morning. Pray for your pastor, because this is something that I've not ever done before. Uh, we thought it was important, though, this week, and maybe uh, that will come to light later in the service. St. Mark, the 10th chapter. They came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples and as a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered Bartimaeus to be quiet. But he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. So, throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to Jesus, My teacher, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately, he regained his sight. And he followed Jesus on the way. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God the Creator, from Jesus who shows mercy, and the Spirit of God who gathers us, who gifts us, 
and who sends us into the world that God loves. You might have seen on the website this week a little teaser about today's gathering where we talk about ways of seeing that we see with our eyes, but we also see with our hearts. And clearly, Bartimaeus sees with the eyes of his heart. It turns out he is the first to describe Jesus as son of David. And that is significant, that one whose eyes don't work sees what the rest of us miss. So there's the beginning. The question now becomes, as we look at Bartimaeus' story, rich in detail, we have the option of looking at those details verse by verse, or maybe you would like to focus particularly on the exchange between Jesus and Bartimaeus. So those are the two options. And even before I call for a vote, I'm going to ask you a question. We'll see how nervy we are today. Maybe there was a word or a phrase that stuck out for you that stopped you in your tracks that needs to be talked about as we continue this exploration this morning. So I'll start there. Any word or phrase that sort of stuck? Well, are you ready to vote? <laughs> this feels like Senate convention or something, doesn't it? So the first option being the overview and looking at the details and making some connections. So a show of hands, how many would like to do the overview? Well, this is interesting. Um, I'll report the results. There weren't many of you, like, and I'll fess up. That happened at the first service, too. So. It looks like that we are of a mind of wanting to focus on this exchange between Jesus and Bartimaeus. Having thought that might be the case, I did, I did prepare. <laughs> Bartimaeus sits by the roadside. Life passes him by. He used to see, but he does no longer. There is commotion, there is racket, and Bartimaeus learns that Jesus of Nazareth and his followers are passing through Jericho. They're headed to Jerusalem. And Bartimaeus does what is maybe unthinkable. He starts shouting, have mercy on me, son of David. And when everyone else wants to shush him, he just cries out all the louder. And I caught this just in the second reading this morning. Jesus stands still. So there's this commotion and tumult all around him. And Jesus becomes this still center point. And he asks Bartimaeus to approach. And Bartimaeus, as minimalist Mark says, takes his cloak and he flings it off to approach Jesus. 
Only recently did I learn a few things about cloaks. For Bartimaeus, this cloak, and it might work today, so some of you were asking if you could borrow it, because it is a little chilly in our worship space. The cloak would be for warmth. It would be for protection against the rain, and even against the sun beating down on your head. So this cloak protects. For some, the cloak was a sign of status, depending on its material and how it was made. You could certainly tell the difference between a Roman senator and the likes of Bartimaeus by the quality of the cloak. But there was something else, particularly for those who lived day to day, minute to minute, and didn't know where food was coming from. As a beggar, Bartimaeus, without benefit of a hanger, (laughs) would have taken his cloak and spread it out And then he would have relied on the kindness of others to put alms, maybe a bit of food, onto his cloak. And at the end of the day, he would gather that up, and that would be how he lived that day. Whatever was in his cloak. So now imagine Bartimaeus, when Jesus invites him to approach, he takes this security of his cloak and all that that means. And Mark says he flings it aside and somehow, not even being able to see, hurries to where Jesus is. And it's at that point that Jesus says, your faith has made you well. More literally, your faith has saved you. It's delivered you. Those words actually are where I get stuck. Particularly as a pastor. Because sometimes we think that if we had more faith, we would have fewer problems. Or we think, well, maybe if I just prayed harder. Or if I prayed the right prayer. Or if I were more like Bartimaeus, maybe things would be better. And there are some who actually might even say, what difference does it make anyway? However, I think my faith, and looking into this passage a little bit further, we're reminded that Mark's interest in Bartimaeus was not his eyesight, his physical eyesight. It was also true that people who had disabilities in the days of Jesus they were regarded for more than whatever the physical symptom or malady was. But the real problem was social disconnection and isolation and being cut off from family and from community. And, sorry to say, even Jesus' followers, when they would encounter someone with, for example, the inability to see, would wonder, whose fault? You might remember that story in John's Gospel. When Jesus says, fault isn't even part of the conversation, but the mercy of God is. So it is with Bartimaeus. So it is when Jesus pronounces that his faith has made him well. That in that particular way, 
In that particular instance, Jesus shows Bartimaeus mercy. Go on your way then, Bartimaeus. But what way does Bartimaeus go? He follows Jesus on their way from Jericho to Jerusalem. And why were they going to Jerusalem? The Passover was near, and if you were to look at the broader story of Mark, you would discover that the last encounter that Jesus has with someone before everyone scatters their cloaks and Jesus comes riding in on a donkey is this encounter with Bartimaeus. And so for us inheriting this story, we are called into that trek from being shown mercy in Jericho to following Jesus into Jerusalem and all that that entails. We find ourselves being both Good Friday Christians and Easter Sunday Christians. That's the sort of life that Jesus is inviting us into. We are being invited into resurrection and into new life. As Paul would write to the church in Corinth in his second letter, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. The old has passed away, and all becomes new. God grant us the eyes of our hearts to see the newness that God brings to us every day in God's great and loving mercy.